0: Logic leads to truth or truth is not logical. Reality is logical and can be understood logically or truth cannot exist or does not exist. We have faith in logic because we have faith that logic leads to reality. Logic must be true and trustworthy but truth, logic and faith are not part of physical reality. So what do we have faith in? This talk will be about some of the terms we use to construct reality and what their implications are. Faith is not belief without evidence. That is a preposterous definition of faith. Such definitions are only used to discredit one's opponent without having to provide evidence for the position. Faith is trust. We trust what we have faith in. If we trust the boat will float, we have faith in the seaworthiness of the craft. To have faith in God is to trust God. This trust is based on the same things that give us reason to trust other persons or things. We have come to rely on them because they have always proved reliable. There is no other way to come to faith. However, this is not to say that one's faith is provable. We cannot know our faith is warranted. And yet, without trust, we will never find out if it is warranted or not. This is the quandary we are in, regardless of if we are atheist or Christian. If we do not trust, we will never find anyone worthy of trust. Only through trust can we find faith. In a real sense, we have to have hope. We cannot prove the sun will shine tomorrow, but we can and must have hope it will. We can only hope things will continue on as much as things always have, because to lose hope is disastrous. Once we lose faith in others and have no hope in the future, it is impossible to continue on. The need for hope means we need to have charity. There's no other options for us as moral creatures. If we wish to maintain civilization, we need to express charity. This is the tendency to forgive. This is expressed in a wide range of ways from empathizing with someone who fails to live up to your standards to even lifting him or her up to position, where he or she occupies the place you think they ought to be at, hoping that now they can maintain this position. Possibly this is a bit difficult to understand, so let's unpack this some more. First of all, let me say that logic is a science of words and concepts. Logical populism unpacks words to get other deepest meaning. Our position is that a word, if properly understood, is definable in a precise and clear way. A concept gives us a clear and vivid picture of what it represents. If charity is properly defined and understood, it will occupy a distinct position in our world view. If we do not understand it properly, it will seem fuzzy and not give us the ability to analyze it or to work with it, much less to make predictions based on it. To simply assume charity is the giving of money in response to a need totally distorts its real meaning and usage. We cannot say a person who is forgiving is not charitable. The person who always tries to think the best of people is charitable. The person who gives money out of pity and perhaps as a way to feel morally superior is not charitable. Charity can consist of giving money and it may not involve this but it always involves compassion and it ought to involve enough compassion to actually impact the person's life in a real way. This being said, perhaps all the person needs is a few dollars to help them over a rough spot. However, if the person is not employed, what he or she really needs is a job. A person may need a meal because his or her present situation makes it difficult to provide a meal. But it may be that he or she is no longer able to prepare meals. We need to respond to the person's situation as much as we are able to lift the person up into a better position, in fact, into a position comparable to our own. To have charity is to forgive the person for not achieving what you have and helping him or her to be equal in status to yourself. Remembering you are not dependent on others for your situation and so it is important When helping someone you do not make yourself irreplaceable. Charity does not create dependency. If one is truly charitable, the person becomes as able to help others as you are able to help them. When one is in need, one cannot be accountable. Think of it this way. A child cannot pay for what it consumes. If the child damages something, it cannot replace it. The child is dependent on the parents. A dependent cannot be accountable, for they have no independent means to express their accountability. The dependent cannot pay the cost they create or or produce. Helping others ideally helps them into a position where they can be accountable for the costs they create. If they cannot be accountable, then they are dependents. Creating dependents is not being charitable, because a person who truly cares for others does not produce dependents. Even a parent's long-term strategy is to create independent adults. This is not about being nice. It's not about our own moral virtue. Charity is about establishing reality. Only logical persons are adults, and only adults who are logical can establish reality. This ought to be obvious if we assume reality is composed of truth, and truth forms reality. To put this in a better way, if we are living a lie We are not living consistent with reality. As we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, too many people think life is going through the aisle of circumstance and picking out choices that seem to suit their predilections. Choices have much greater significance than this. But we do not need to struggle with these conceptualizations. It is only necessary to remember, if the world is objective and composed of matter, energy, space and time, then the only truth available to us is contingent empirical truth. By definition, this provides us with synthetic truth only. Even empiricism tells us we can never know absolute truth. If this is so, then what does it even mean to say our truth is relative, if relative truth is not really true? No matter how many times we increase the probabilities, we still remain beyond the realm of certainty. If this was not bad enough, if we are going to insist empiricism is the only source of truth, we are making an absolute statement. This is inherently contradictory, but what is the alternative? If we accept synthetic truth, is only a version of the truth, then we open the door to logic and the entrance of analytical truth or logic. If truth and logic exists and it is difficult to say it does not, then it is also true to say truth and logic are not empirical and it is not synthetic truth. This brings us again to what logic is. We have said logic is not just a search for truth, it is a search for the truth of words. It is the work of establishing meaning. Logic looks for a coherency of our concepts. Logic looks at how we think and the concepts used in our thoughts. Time and time again we have seen that relativism and contingent truth fails to make logical sense. The very sense of reality that naturalists have is incompatible with its own description. Ought this to matter? Let's say we have a word like reality and we cannot talk about it coherently using the paradigm of naturalists. Let's admit that the institutions we have formed by looking at truth as being empirically defined has produced results that cannot be verified as true because they are not coherent ideas. Contingent truth is not a coherent idea because truth ought to be an absolute, not relative. Relative truth sounds more like white lies than truth. We could expand on this, but we've already established that synthetic truth is by definition probabilistic, contingent, and relative. And if we are going to define truth as absolute, then the synthetic view of truth must be flawed by definition. But let's move a bit forward. If truth is analytical and logical, then we are dealing with words. Reality is logical. To know the truth about reality is to know what the true meaning of the words we use to conceptualize reality. Reality is a word but it is also a concept. The concept of reality is reality just as the concept of time is the reality of time. How we think of time and define the word is what time is unless our concept of time is contradictory and then we can assume we do not comprehend the nature of time. We only understand things if we understand the word, if we have a clear definition and usage. To understand reality we need to understand the words we use to discuss reality. Reality is a conceptual jigsaw in which the concepts we use must be precisely defined. Otherwise our thinking is similar to a jigsaw in which the pieces are poorly made, the picture worn away in many areas, and so we cannot really figure out how to put the right pieces in the right places. Our words and our concepts must be defined clearly for them to fit together. We cannot make precise sentences that produce clear mental pictures if the underlying concepts are weak and fuzzy. If we think of charity in the wrong way, we will not be charitable if we are not charitable in a way that is coherent and reflects the real meaning of the word we will not produce the best results. Here is where it is important to be an adult and to create adults. Only adults can use language properly. Only adults can be accountable. It is the clarity of the language we use that ultimately defines who an adult is. This is why outbursts using outrageous language suggest someone with a juvenile temperament. If we think of honesty in a corrupt manner, we will not be honest. We will do wrong things. These things are wrong because they do not produce value. If we create costs, these costs must be paid, and as an adult, we are the one who ought to pay for any costs we create. A group of children create fantasy worlds. A group of people, not yet adults, but no longer children, will create a perverse sort of reality. This failure to recognize reality as what they are creating creates numerous psychological problems. They inhabit what we call a manufactured reality. It is a reality of their making. Youth do not understand what words really mean. They react to words emotionally, not logically. Youth do not understand charity or accountability or choice. They will talk in unrealistic ways because they are responding to emotional clues. It is important for the adults to teach children about words and ideas so they can learn how to think right as they age. Reality is truth, and truth is defined by the words and the ideas that are correctly and clearly defined, and fit together in precise and definable ways. The clarity of our reality is mirrored in the clarity of the narrative used to discuss it. If we do not focus on truth, we cannot know reality, and if we cannot be truthful, we cannot be logical. A poorly grasped idea cannot be used logically. It cannot serve to advance knowledge. However, this is all theoretical. If we grasp that charity is being forgiving of debts, but in such a deep and significant way that one makes the person debt-free, thus one's equal, one has restored him to the position he had at birth. He is restored as a brother or sister. In this system of things, this poses a problem for us because we cannot explain how to do this within the institutions of capitalism. To be charitable, to have faith, to even have hope seems difficult, if not impossible within the cultural limitations of capitalism. The ever-present element of capitalism is risk Risk exists because a person seeking to profit from his actions cannot afford to trust others. A merchant cannot even afford to have hope things will work out as he wishes without a careful and calculated plan based on the assumption that most if not all people are not charitable but greedy. If this paradigm that guides private enterprise is valid Then the Christian worldview must be flawed. Both cannot be correct. Yet Jesus does not tell us avarice does not exist. He tells us to rise above it. He does not say there is not the tendency to be selfish and fear the uncertainties of this world, nor that faced with risk, people will not be tempted to insure themselves against the uncertainty by storing out wealth as insurance against the hard times. What Jesus says is that these responses are not logical. There's no security in things. Your only safety is in community. We need to be charitable to be logical, because if we are logical, we will see that charity is the only response that produces the results we want. So logic, takes us away from capitalism and towards Christ. But how does this work in practice? Only one possibility is true. Either logic leads to naturalism and a world that is divorced from the human psyche, or it leads to spiritual truth and a union with God. So which is it? To be charitable we have to trust others. We need to help them without fear in a way that makes us accountable to them for the cost we create. We cannot be charitable without being accountable. Being charitable is not being dominant, it is acting as a servant. The one who will be first must be the servant of all, because this is what accountability leads us to. It leads to the heart of a servant, as Christ was a servant to all. The organizational model in which we can model the life of Christ is called a church. For the sake of clarity, we have introduced what is referred to as an exchange. An exchange is a model of the church as described in Scripture. An exchange is created by a small group of people who have complementary skills. By complementary, we mean the skills supplement each other. A furniture maker and an auto mechanic will do business, but they do not have complementary specializations. A butcher and a farmer with a pool of customers is complementary. A group of housewives who form an exchange to systemize housekeeping chores with transportation and shopping is a highly complementary market. Anything provided by capitalism or the public sector can be provided by an exchange. Exchanges are capitalized by charitable donations. The exchange issues charitable receipts for donations received. Donations become assets of the exchange. Donations with a value of $500 are recorded as $500 worth of equity. This equity allows the exchange to issue charitable receipts equal to the equity it possesses. The charitable receipts issued may be exchanged for 500 preferred shares, each preferred share being valued at $1 of domestic currency or taken as a tax rebate. Preferred shares are issued in multiples of each other in the same denominations as conventional currency. Preferred shares are fully backed by the equity of the organization. Capitalizing an exchange is through the sale of bonds and through the accumulation of goods and services in exchange for preferred shares and charitable receipts. Everything a person does for the exchange creates value for the exchange and so is paid for by the exchange using preferred shares. Everything the person receives from the exchange has value and so is paid for by the member using preferred shares. Even if one's home burns down, it is replaced by the exchange. It is a credit given to the member who has lost his or her home. No insurance is needed because the exchange represents the community itself. The community absorbs all risk within and through the exchange. A person who needs a job is found something to do by the community through the means of the exchange. When a person or group needs something, he or she will receive it as a transfer of assets from the exchange. This creates a debit for the buyer and a credit for the exchange. There's no need for greed because one only needs goods for personal use. Commercial property is owned by the exchange. The exchange represents a community as a whole. The community owns a commercial property within its jurisdiction. When something is needed within the community, it is provided for by the exchange by transferring resources to that need. The economy is a group of persons helping one another with exchange maintaining accounts. We are always accountable to one another as Christ wishes us to be because all our costs are accounted for. The exchange model allows us to be charitable without risk or threat of loss, and it is this charitable activity that builds the church. So once we know the definitions and the concepts that bring us to the exchange and to help us understand why the exchange is as it is, we better understand the exchange model and how it works.